Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the EverAg podcast. I'm John Spanauer, and today we're going to discuss September 7th's GDT. Unfortunately, Co-Diddle couldn't be on the call today, so I'm going to run this call solo. I may ask myself a few questions, so don't think I'm being totally crazy when I do. But I'm going to try to run the show here in the absence of Cody. So let me begin by stating that the GDT was kind of a little bit different than what we've seen here over the last four or five auctions. This auction yesterday ended 4% higher across the board. So if we take the entire composite index of all the different products, they actually ended 4% higher. And that was kind of on the lower end here. We've got some standouts. Skim milk powder up 7.3%. That was a big one. We've got cheddar up 3.6% and butter up 3.7%. Whole milk powder was up 3.3%. So we had some pretty good numbers register in here. Skim milk powder being the highest of everything. You know, just kind of a different story than what we've seen in the past. And I know everybody that's been on this call has heard me the last few months be somewhat confused by the fact that the GDT had been moving lower. And one of the reasons, a big reason for that was, is that if we go back to about eight weeks ago, the New Zealanders removed quite a bit of volume from the GDT. And one of the reasons they did that, uh, or the reason that they gave, is that instead of marketing that product through the auction, they were able to contract directly with a key client. In this case, we're going to go ahead and have to assume that key client was China. So what we saw was Chinese demand really step up into the New Zealand product. That did two things. That removed product from the exchange that needed to be marketed. So you could say, well, that's kind of bullish. And at the same point in time as the Chinese came directly, that's less product that needed to be demanded on the exchange. So the net result of that was, is that we saw the last you know, three or four, really, I'm looking at it here. The last auction was up marginally, but before that, we had seen five lower auctions in a row. And it kind of caught a lot of people off guard. And as that happened, it had an effect on the U.S. price as well as the European price of a lot of different products. In other words, it was like, well, hey, if the New Zealand price is moving lower and they're the, the flagship product of the world in terms of, you know, that internationally traded product, well, how is the rest of the world going to move higher as well? And so it kind of really took the steam out of the market if you go back five or I'd say eight weeks ago. And as a result, all of our products have been moving lower, including our non-fat dry milk. On the non-fat side, we got down a few weeks ago as low as 122 and a half after some of these auctions. You know, we'd already started moving higher here in the last week or so, but after this auction took place yesterday, we went to a dollar thirty-six on the CME. That was the highest price non-fat has been at since October of 2014. So almost a seven-year record was set yesterday after this GDT and after prices went higher. Today we drew pulled back just a little bit, but nothing, you know, we're at 135.75. Just really you know, in a, a, a bit of a new paradigm here when it comes to nonfat. And and again, I'll say a lot of that was set off and, and happened as a result of the GDT moving higher. If we were to focus on 
okay, John, why did the GDT suddenly move higher? I'm going to say that that is a good question. There's a little bit of confusion in here. If we were to look at it and say, well, did the Chinese show back up? If the Chinese were gone off the exchange and prices move lower, now prices move higher, does that mean China was back? And the answer to that is not really. Chinese participation on this exchange was appears to be the second lowest in almost uh, a year and a half. And so it was if we look at it from a year over year basis, their participation was 53% lower than the corresponding auction last year. It's not as if China was back in here. What we did see, however, though, was Southeast Asia has returned, you know, they had been stayed out of the market and now it appears that they were forced back in. So their participation was about on par with last year where it had been a little bit lower. Most importantly, though, we're starting to see the Middle East show up. So again, it's not China that we're seeing doing the uh, marginal buying here on the GDT. What we're seeing is the other regions of the world, specifically Southeast Asia and specifically the Middle East. So put that together and we we had a, a rally. We'll probably expect to see that continue right now. And one of the reasons why I can say that we'll, we'll probably expect that to continue is that if we look towards other regions of the world and, and specifically towards Europe, The Europeans have seen prices move higher in their market here in the last week or so. If you look at it, your European activity and price movement is generally pretty negligible during the summer months. And it's generally about this time of the year. Everybody gets back from vacation, gets settled in their seats and, you know, gets their budget written. And as they come to the market right now, I think what a lot of Europeans are realizing is that milk production in Europe is uh, not as robust as it has been. Specifically, when we look in France, right now we're at the bottom end of the tier. And seasonally, we should be at the bottom of the tier, but on a year-over-year basis, right, we're, we're a little bit you know, just not as robust as we need to be or, or want to be. And if you were to look at it from a, a Dutch standpoint, certainly it is in a, in a low tier. So there's a bit of a milk production issue taking place over there that is creating a lot of buyers coming back to the market looking for milk. It's not there. And prices have moved higher. If we were to look on the Eurex prices right now, if we were to look at it from the, the Eurex futures, which are going to be based on the European skim milk powder price, you're looking at about $1.45 there on the European skim milk powder. You know, that's really not far behind the New Zealand price that we saw yesterday. And that New Zealand price that we saw yesterday came out at about $1.47, $1.48. So it's not as if there's this huge disconnect between the New Zealand price right now and the European price. That leads me to believe that we'll probably see some follow through here in the U.S., uh, at least on the non-fat side. Even on the butter side, we've seen some pretty good movement in Europe right now. And I think we're going to see some follow through here in the U.S. on our butter price. If I were to just momentarily come back into the U.S. domestic market and exclude the potential of exports or the effect that the international market might be having, I do think it's important to point out that right now we're hearing some adjectives being used to describe the milk situation that we haven't heard in a very, very long time. And what we're hearing is people saying milk right now in the country is tight. And I think that's a very seasonal issue, but it's just, I do want to point out, we have not heard people say milk is tight 
in what feels like two years now. And as a result of that, specifically in one area of the country here in the Midwest, there's a brand new cheese plant that went in. And that brand new cheese plant is going to get to run at 100% no matter what. And what that's doing is if there is any deficit of milk, that deficit of milk is probably coming out of a class four plant. And what that means, if that's happening, we have less butter and less nonfat. So the reason I want to point that out is to say, if we were just to look at the nonfat market and the butter market in a vacuum here in the U.S., we would say we've got some very supportive things taking place, at least from a seasonal perspective, less production. However, when we put our current prices of butter up against the international price of butter, you know, we're here at a dollar eighty almost. We've got New Zealand butter at two twenty-five and European butter right there with it. If we look at Nonfat, we're here at a dollar thirty-six, and we've, like I mentioned there earlier, we've got European prices at a dollar forty-four, and New Zealand prices at a dollar forty-eight, and those prices are moving higher right now. So we have a very supportive international marketplace coupled with a very supportive domestic marketplace. I, I guess I'm loath to get too excited about a massive rally coming our way, specifically in nonfat, but I do think there's room for a little bit of growth here in our domestic prices. And if I were to go over to butter here, I think the butter market is the one that can really surprise people as we move forward and move into the end of the year. And I guess I just wouldn't be afraid of saying that we've got the opportunity to maybe go ring that $2 bell. So with that said, this does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me directly at jcs at ever.ag or Cody. I'm sure everybody knows how to get a hold of him. And we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you in two weeks time. Thank you very much. Thank you.